0: Hey everybody this is Don Newman and this is living a life worth remembering this is a show that's all about how you and I can learn how to live a life that continues to live on even after our own lifetime has ended Uh, three things I want to ask you to do today as you take a listen to our next episode I want you to do uh, these three things number one go to my youtube channel That's Coach Don Newman, and go ahead and subscribe now. I'm so excited about not just this broadcast, but what I'm looking at doing in 2020. You can also go to iTunes and subscribe to my podcast there if you want to listen to the audio version. The second thing I'd like for you to do is this. Today, I'm going to be talking about sales and sharing a new book that I'm going to be releasing in 2020. You're going to be the first one to hear about it. But if you know anybody that's in sales, anybody that works in the industry of sales and they really could use encouragement or could learn, would benefit by learning uh, some tips, share this, share this with them. Go ahead and let them know about this broadcast. And The other thing is I would like for you just to share with other people about this podcast. Uh, Maybe take it on your Facebook page or your Twitter page and just share with other people, because next year we're gonna continue to share things that can help you live a successful life and leave a lasting legacy. And I'd like to get the word out, so I would love for you to help me with that. Today's episode, I'm so excited about it because I'm gonna be sharing some things that are coming directly out of a new manuscript I'm working on that should be released later in 2020. And uh, the title of this episode is Mastering Sales Using the Mall Method, Mastering Sales Using the Mall Method. You know, while this show is dedicated to those that are in sales, if you're not in sales, I'd love for you to listen anyway, because what I truly believe is that everybody is in sales. They just don't know they're in sales. Sales, when you get right down to it, is persuading other people and leading other people. And whether you're in management, whether you're a parent, uh, you're ultimately selling. You know, I think of times with my own children that there were things that I felt were important uh, for the family or important for them. And sometimes, uh, you know, one of the best ways I could direct them was to sell them, persuade them. Uh, instruct them with some persuasion and so uh, even if you're not in sales take a listen to this because there's gonna be some things that I'm sharing uh, from my new book that's going to come out next year that I think will benefit you as well Uh, most of my adult life I have been in sales are in the field of persuasion Um, I can look back early on to Uh, avenues that I took as a young man and there were places that I can see where I was selling or learning to sell, learning to persuade, learning to lead people. And there were things I learned over the years as I began to engage in sales uh, that I started to notice these trends. I started to notice there was a similarity between every successful salesperson that I knew and some of those uh, that I followed the books I read, the podcasts I listened to, back in the day, the cassette tapes I listened to. There was a lot of things I learned and I started to notice there's some similar trends with everyone who's successful in sales. And it helped me form a method uh, that I call the mall method that enabled me not only to master sales myself, but to go on to teach sales. The last 10 years of my life, I've been engaged in uh, sales leadership in a publishing company. I've been a sales manager, and now I have been the director of sales uh, during that time. And all during that time, I was focused on teaching people how to be successful in sales, how to uh, engage with people, how to communicate with people. And so out of all of my years of sales experience, Uh, I learned a method that I call the mall method and you might be saying what is the mall method well I picked that term because it easily describes what this method is by using four letters M A L L mall so I call it the mall method and let me give you kind of a breakdown of what this mall method is and what it entails we'll go into more depth as we go along and again I'm gonna be sharing just parts of a new book that I'm working on later next year. There'll be more in-depth podcasts that I'll uh, begin, or shows that I'll begin to uh, create that'll go deeper, and of course the book will come out. But MALL, M-A-L-L, it begins with M, and M represents one of the most important aspects of anyone that's successful in sales, and that is making a memorable moment. Over the years, when I've observed somebody that's successful in sales, there's just a magic moment somewhere in the process. It can be from the first time you talk to the person to later in the process when you're following up with them that a a magical moment occurs. In fact, uh, some of the most successful salespeople that I've followed over the years and some that I've known, they would have several of these magic moments uh, to where they made a memorable moment that really, really stood out. And as I get into depth about this in a minute, you're going to find out the key to making these memorable moments is being really genuinely interested in the person. And those moments help you stand out and make you remembered. And that's going to be important. Let's go on. Number two, the letter A, successful sellers ask great questions. And so it begins with make a memorable moment and then it goes to ask, ask great questions. Uh, I'm going to share some things about why asking questions is so important. Uh, When I hold up a successful salesperson with somebody that's not successful uh, or, or struggling, most times I will find that the successful salesperson knows how to ask the right questions at the right time in the right demeanor with the right tone, with the right focus. And I'll find the person that's not as successful doesn't ask questions. They just tell things, they list things, they share things. They actually try to persuade through great speeches, but they never engage the client. So it's important to ask questions. The third part of this is the letter L and every successful seller knows how to listen. You know, you need to ask and you need to ask great questions, but you need to listen. And great sellers, know how to listen, and there's a key to listening, and I'm gonna share some of those things. And lastly, and one of the most important things, and this is something early on that I observed, and there's been some great books that have been written on this subject of of, uh, instead of selling, you should be leading. Because great sellers don't sell, they lead. And so it's make a memorable moment, ask questions, listen, and lead, and that's where the word mall or mall method comes from. And so, uh, all of these things come together to form what is a great methodology for sales. And let let me tell you what they have found out in business is this. When people are making buying decisions, when people are purchasing, more times than not, the reason that they're buying is the way we sell, not what we're selling. Think about that. You think it's all based on what we're selling. And of course, there are some products that stand alone. I mean, they sell themselves, they're so uh, well-regarded, the brand is. But when it comes to the playing field being even, most people are going to make those decisions based upon the way we sell, not what we're selling. So the mall method was created a long time ago. I created it, I formed it so that I could help myself but eventually help others learn the best way to sell. And so let's get into each of these. The first one is make a memorable moment. Well, what is a memorable moment? A memorable moment is something that is unforgettable because it's either been, uh, either was special or enjoyable. You know, you think about your wedding day or you think about the day that uh, your first child was born, or maybe it was an award that you won, or maybe it was that promotion that you got. You remember those moments because they were enjoyable and special and they stand out some of you have pictures of those moments some of you recall those moments from time to time because they produce great feelings uh, inside of us and so as salespeople we want to f- take every opportunity we can to produce true sincere memorable moments uh, you know I think about uh, the importance of connecting to the person and making sure that you stand out, that they remember you. Uh, you think about some of the options that you may have been offered in the past and you were choosing between uh, a different company or a different salesperson. And think back to some of the decisions you made and it was all based on how they stood out. In fact, sometimes you don't even know why you chose what you chose, you just felt like you needed to choose that. If you can trace it back, I'll guarantee you most times there's something special that really, really stuck out. So let's talk about how to make a memorable moment. Number one, and this can be early on, find a common ground. You know, the thing that really can make you stand out is when you have a commonality with the person you're talking to, the client or customer, when all of a sudden it's not just uh, John on the phone that's calling from such-and-such company it's John who came from the same hometown that my parents came from and he knows where I went to school and remembers the community I grew up in it's amazing I've heard salespeople that have specialized in learning how to do this and it's amazing to hear the results they have I had one salesperson that was on my sales team that he actually was in the publishing industry and he would start talking to someone that was looking to write a book or publish a book and as soon as they mentioned where they were from or he confirmed where they were from he would uh, automatically ask them if they had ever been to a particular store or if they knew of a particular bookstore a christian bookstore in the area and as soon as he found somebody that knew that store then he would begin to share how he knew that store and how he knew the store owners. And next thing you know, they're having this great conversation about that store and about the people in that store. And sometimes it can go so deep to where you've got these connections that you didn't even know you had. I had a conversation with somebody one time that his grandfather was in a class that my great great uncle taught at a particular Bible college. And it happened because we were finding common ground. So again, a big way to make memorable moments is find common ground. That can be about the place you're from, things you like, family, uh, children, all kinds of things. But as soon as you can find something, you want to hone in on that. A second way uh, is find a way to serve the person. You know, you really stand out when you find a way to serve the person. And let me give you uh, an example of this a good friend of mine actually works in sales in the roofing industry and his job is to go to clients that have requested a quote because they have roof damage or they want to get a new roof and he goes out to actually meet with the individual at their home and give them an estimate uh, he's told me that he has won uh, some major deals, I'm, you know, roofs are not uh, $100 deals. You know, these things, even though insurance covers uh, most of these, you know, these can be 10 dollars $15,000, dollars dollars $40,000 and up. He has actually won uh, the deal because he took time to serve the client by doing something as little as this driving up in front of their driveway and noticing that their garbage can is out by the road, picking it up and dragging it up close to their garage. And when he talks to the person, he lets them know, Hey, your garbage can was out in the road. I I pulled it up close to your house for you. And even though the person isn't saying to him, I bought the roof because you did that, he can tell the difference in the connection because the person feels like they've been served. And so, any way that you can serve somebody, any way that you can add uh, a value by serving them is so, so important. And so don't overlook the small things because they really, really make you stand out. They make you memorable. Okay, a third way is find any way to value what they value. I'm gonna give you a true story how this happened to me. Uh, one time my wife and I were looking to get a uh, new carpet put in our house and we were going to two different companies to talk to them about what it would cost to get our house new carpet put in our house well the companies were pretty even and the carpet there may have been some differences in the carpet in fact one company was more expensive Um, in the end though we made a decision to go with the company that was more expensive And while there was some quality differences, the real thing that stood out is while we were in the showroom taking time to talk to the salesperson and him to give us a quote, uh, he took time to go get balloons for our kids. He went and simply got some blow up balloons that probably cost $2 and brought them to our kids and it influenced us to make a major decision. Why? Because he valued what we valued. We value our kids. And he paid attention to our kids and he won the deal. So you need to look at ways that you can value what they value. Maybe they say something and it doesn't mean you need to lie or, or, or not be sincere. But if there's something, that a way that you can value or compliment or, or value them, it's really going to help you stand out. Uh, a couple of other things. Don't overlook small connections. Just like I talked about my friend just pulling the garbage can up to the house. What are the small things that you can do? You think it's in that bottom line number in that big presentation and how confident you are, and you may uh, you may win the deal because you bring a, a coffee from Starbucks for the person. A small little thing, don't overlook those small things. Uh, another way is you can make a memorable moment is join them in the experience. Well, what do I mean by that? Uh, We talk about one of the techniques in sales is called mirroring. That means that you are mirroring back to them what they're saying or the way that they're acting. Well, I take it a step further. If somebody's laughing, I want to laugh with them. Uh, If they're surprised, I want to join them in the feeling of being surprised. If they're if, if they're trying to work through something, I want to join them in that. I mean, you know, to the point that I laugh with them, cry with them and even sigh with them at certain times. Join them in their experience. They'll remember that. That's important. And it needs to be sincere, but it really stands out. The last two things is this is number one, remember details. Later when you come back, if you remember his wife's name, the children's name, and you remember some details, it's going to stand out that you really paid attention. Those little details do matter. And the last one is let them drive. Let them sometimes take the conversation and share their story with you, and you sit back and listen and be interested in what they're saying. Someone told me a long time ago that if you really want to connect with people, focus more on being interested than trying to be interesting. If we'll be interested in the person, we'll really stand out. If we focus more on trying to be interesting and really try to sway the person, we may not make the memorable moment. They may remember, I told a funny story, but I'll engage more by doing that. So you want to make memorable moments. They make you stand out. The next thing you want to do is you want to ask great questions. I can tell you, as I said earlier, The salespeople that I've seen that have been very successful, they master the art of asking questions. Great questions, thoughtful questions. They even know how to use tone and even use dead air at the end of a question. They know how to master questions and questions really make a difference. Uh, I wanna give you a couple of things. First off, nothing helps you build rapport with a customer or with a client than questions. If you're the one doing all the talking all the talking, and you're not allowing them to talk, you're not engaging them, you're not getting them to talk, uh, you're, you're the one that's throwing the football. I like to use this illustration. In sales, we really want to be able to throw the football and they throw it back. We throw it back and they throw it back. It's like playing catch. If you're sitting there and all you're doing is picking up balls and throwing them at them, uh, you're not engaging the person. You're not building rapport. Selling is not telling. Selling is asking. When you're asking questions, you are selling more than when you are telling. And the big sin that most salespeople fall into is feature listing. Man, if I just read off all these great features and tell this person all the wonderful things and all the awards the companies won, how long I've worked there and all the people we've helped at the end of this, they're going to say yes but they've never engaged the customer. You need to be asking questions. Too many salespeople focus on what they're thinking they can do for the customer. Their focus is on hey this is what I can do for you, this is what we can do for you, and they've never allowed the customer to be able to engage and to sell himself and so it's important. Here's some things that asking questions can do. Asking questions allows you to assist your customer in the buying process. Did you know people love to buy but they rarely like to be sold? (laughs) They don't want to be sold something but they love to buy. Questions allows you to assist and that's what you're doing. You're assisting the customer in the buying process. They're selling themselves and you need to allow them to do that. But questions allow you to move that along. Uh, Asking questions also positions you to be an expert. Have you ever noticed that most experts ask questions? You think about your specialist, a doctor, uh, you know, there's all kinds of questions that they ask. Uh, How long have you been dealing with this? Uh, Have you had any treatment in the past for this? Does this run in your family? I mean, I could go on and on, but you're, you're used to seeing a doctor that is a specialist will have questions and they'll actually have you answer those questions before you actually even go into the examination room. If you've ever dealt with a lawyer, they'll ask you about whatever you're dealing with, a whole list of questions. Uh, The difference between experts and amateurs, experts ask questions, amateurs just talk the entire time. Uh, And so questions can position you to be an expert and people trust an expert. People will buy from an expert so learn to ask questions. The last thing questions can do, asking questions allows you to hear what matters most to the customer and why they will buy or why not they will or why won't they buy. You'll be able to hear that. You'll be able to hear what matters most, why they want to buy, what is it they want, and what are the reasons they won't buy. And it allows you to position yourself upon it. So I want to give you some things about how to ask great questions. The first the most important thing is, you want this to feel like a conversation, not like an interview, or worst, an interrogation. You know, you don't wanna line questions up to where a person feels like, man, I am just being bolted with questions. You want it to feel like a conversation. You want it to, to, to roll between asking a question, listening, maybe a story, asking a question, listening, maybe a story. You want it to feel as natural as a conversation. You want, number two, you want to focus more on asking open-ended questions. Why? Because open-ended questions allow a person to actually elaborate and share a story or share why they feel that way. Where closed ended are just yes, no, uh, or they give just one answer. You want them to open up. Number three, ask more specific questions in response to the, quest- to the answers they give. For instance, if I ask a client, uh, tell me how long that you've thought about doing this and they begin to elaborate, you know, well, I've thought about this, I might come back and go, well, when did you first, and let me ask you this, when did you first make the decision that you were finally going to do something about this? You know, I'm getting deeper, I'm drilling down, getting more specific, and so I'm following up the broad question with more specific. Number four, you want to sprinkle in short stories and illustrations. You know, you ask a question, somebody comes back, shares something, uh, and then maybe you say, well, you know, I can relate to that totally. Let me tell you what happened to me. And you begin to make them feel like it's a conversation. And again, you're interested in the person. Number five, and this is my biggest secret. I've never heard anybody teach this ever before, um, is learn how to ask questions that are in relation to your product or, or the conversation, they're genuine and, and, and they involve what you're talking about, but you know the client may not know the answer to it. They may know the answer to it or they may not know the answer to it. I'll give you a, a, a true story. You know, I was talking with somebody about publishing and they were talking about dreaming of taking their illustrations and making it into a book and you know, doing a children's book, and I'm listening to them, and I'm like, that's great. And then I asked them, have you ever heard the story of Theodore Geisel? And this particular person said, no, I haven't. And I began to share with them the very true story of Dr. Seuss and how he got his first book published and was that close to throwing it away. And what it does is when I present a question that is genuine, it's not to make a person feel stupid or dumb or make me look better. It's to engage the person, but they may not know the answer. When I come back with the information, I am on a higher platform at that moment. I am an expert. I have positioned myself to where they're like, no, I don't. Please tell me. I'm interested. I'm curious. Sometimes they'll know the answer. Like one time I asked them, are you familiar with Theodore Geisel? Are you kidding Dr. Seuss? Well, I just follow that one up with, well, then you know his story and you know that he went on to become a great author despite his challenges. So that's a secret of mine that I love to teach people how to do because it engages people, but it positions you the best. Uh, what you want to do, number six is make a list of questions. Every salesperson on my sales team, I tell them all the time, you should have between 50 and 75 questions that you ask. You need to think about the questions you're gonna ask, not just roll into it. Uh, Number seven, allow them to ask you questions. Uh, You know, it may be that they begin to ask you a question after you've asked the question, listen to them and then respond to them. Uh, Number eight, Uh, make a list not just of the questions earlier I said make a list of the questions you ask make a list of the questions you get asked if somebody asks you a question for the first time and you've never heard it before write it down because you want to be able to craft and think about your response so that you're able to give a response Uh, number nine learn to develop rebuttal questions what's a rebuttal question that is a question It like if someone said to me, I I just don't have the money for this. I may ask them, let me ask you, Mr. Smith, if money was not the issue, would this be something that you'd want to do? And sometimes they'll go, yes. And it allows me to talk about a payment plan or talk about financing options. But sometimes they'll go, no, no, I don't want to do it. What do I do? What am I doing? I'm identifying what it is they want. Again, back to the beginning of this, I'm assisting them in the buying process and the last thing i want to share on uh, how to ask great questions this is another secret of mine but it's not something i've heard this taught Uh, learn how to ask questions that have a what we call a pregnant pause inside of them well what is that Uh, those are those hard and difficult questions that can come in the process where you're talking with somebody and maybe you're not getting anywhere And you just simply ask them, Mr. Smith, can I ask you, is this something that you want to do? And you stop and you don't breathe. You don't say anything. And you may sit there and there's dead air for five, 10, 15, uh, I mean longer. One time I did it and it was 30 seconds. Have you ever sat there with dead air on the phone with somebody for 30 seconds? It's super uncomfortable, but guess who else it's uncomfortable to? It's uncomfortable to the person on the other side. And the whole time you're thinking, this is gonna mess them up. This is really gonna cause them to go the other direction. No, what you don't realize is you're being quiet so that they can think inside of themselves and they are having a conversation inside of, if you're not hearing anything, if they don't come back and go, no, no, I don't wanna do it, I don't wanna do it. If you hear silence, guess what? It's not silent, you just can't hear it. It's going on in their head and they're having a conversation with themselves. They are selling themselves. And I can tell you, I've had people that have come back 15, 20 or 30 seconds and they say, you know what, I need to do this. And I go, well, then let's go ahead and do it. And I just move right into the close. Uh, You can't close somebody that won't close themselves. And sometimes dead air allows them to sell themselves. So again, I hit a lot of things with make a memorable moment and ask great questions because it's so, so important to the sales process, especially in this method. Now, let's move on. The last part of the mall method uh, is listen and lead. And so, I want to talk about listening. You know, great sellers know how to ask questions, but they also know how to shut up and just listen. I, 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 I've been as guilty as anybody of continuing to talk because I'm an extroverted person who likes to talk, when I should have just been quiet and listened. And so some salesperson, because they're very, uh, I'd say some, many salespeople have to work really hard at listening and paying attention because they like to talk so much. But it's so important to the process. I like to say when you listen, you learn, earn, and churn. (laughs) You learn, earn, and churn. First off, you learn what it is they want, why they want to buy. What's going on in their life. I never will forget my wife and I were looking for a new car, actually a used car. We were we were out car shopping and we went to a particular dealership and the salesperson met us and immediately I got the sense the salesperson was really trying to push us into uh, something or, or as soon as he figured out where we wanted to go then then let's get a deal done. Let's you know and again we give salespeople such a bad rap but Uh, you know, a lot of us today have benefited uh, with great transportation because there's a lot of people including many of you that are in that field that have done it sincerely and have had integrity in that field. And so in every area of sales, you're going to have bad salespeople and good salespeople. And I know a lot of good salespeople that are in the car industry. And so this particular person was really interested in moving us along as quickly as possible. And the whole time we're looking at one particular model, my wife and I are having a conversation about why this model would be great because we were just starting to have grandchildren enter the picture. And we were actually looking in the back seat talking about this will be great for putting in car seats and our our grandchildren. And you know, the entire time that we're having this conversation between ourselves, my wife and I, the salesperson never picked up on it, never clued in on it, and never made it a point of conversation to try to direct us toward that vehicle. Uh, As soon as we were done talking, it was like, next thing you know, they're trying to direct us to another vehicle. And I'm thinking the entire time that he's talking, you totally missed everything we just said. So again, uh, listening, you can learn. The next thing is earn, earn. How do you earn people's trust? By listening, by paying attention to them by being more interested in them than trying to be interesting or charming or persuasive. You persuade best by how you listen to somebody. In fact, you're remembered more by how you listen to somebody than anything you ever say. And so if you want to engage with somebody, you want to be able to do that. And the last thing is you, you, you learn, you earn, and you churn. <laughs> well, what is churn? You know, you think about churning you know, a machine that churns. When I listen to somebody and allow them to express their desires and their interests, guess what's happening inside of them? They are churning up desire. Yes, they are churning up their uh, understanding of why they wanna do it and, and, and the remembering when they first decided this is something I wanna do. And so you wanna allow them to be able to churn up those emotions and those reasons that the reasons they want to even do this in the first place. When you listen with genuine interest, you're going to allow those things to go on. You know, tips on great listening that I want to share is number one, don't interrupt people. And if you do interrupt people, uh, apologize and stop and let them finish. And that can happen sometimes, especially on the phone because you can't see they're fixing uh, to talk. But allow them to finish their statement. And I understand we don't want to be on the phone for three hours listening to ongoing stories about somebody's aunt or cousin, but you need to allow them to talk. Uh, Number two, ask questions that bring more depth. Like if they're, if you, they mentioned about a a dog that they loved, uh, you know, you might want to ask them if it's in relation to what you're doing and what you're selling, you might want to ask them, tell me more about your dog and allow them to talk, go a little deeper. Uh, take notes or at least make mental notes because there's nothing worse than coming back and you don't remember what the person said and you start all over again. You, uh, one of the things that I do is once uh, they give me a title for their book, I work with authors that are publishing books, I will refer to that title from then on. I will call the book by its name because it makes it real to them. Uh, next, uh, number four is you don't want to multitask while you're listening I'll tell you a true story I was talking to an author one time who I didn't know it at the time but I found out later that he was blind uh, one of the things that uh, if you know if somebody has a, a, a particular one of their five senses is is not being used the other ones will become heightened which means that a person that's blind has really most times heightened their sense of hearing. And this individual was talking to me on the phone and telling me about their book. And I was on my computer asking him questions and talking to him, but I was looking at something on my computer. And all of a sudden he stops me and he goes, Don, Don. And I kind of got startled and I'm like, "Uh, yeah. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm talking to you about your book. No, you're not. You're doing something else. You're not listening to me." And he caught me. And I realized that if I'm trying to do two things at one time, there's no way that I can give intentional focus to somebody and really let them know that I'm listening. We live in a very distracted world. I struggle with distractions all the time. But if you're selling with somebody, believe me, you could end up losing a deal because you're trying to look at the score of the baseball game on your phone while talking to them. And in the end, they're not going to go with you and that'll be a reason why. And lastly, what you want to do in in really being good and listening is offer cues that lets them know that you're listening to them. Uh, What are those cues? Those cues can be as simple as really? Wow. Sure. That happened to you? little things that are sprinkled in that isn't just you being completely silent. Again, you don't want to interrupt. You want to allow them to talk, but sometimes little responses. Now that's if you're on the phone, if you're in person, shaking your head, looking at them, being surprised if they bring something up, engage yourself fully because it lets them know that you're listening. Now the last part of the mall method, it's make a memorable moment ask questions, great questions, listen. But the last one is lead. I truly believe that sales is not selling something as much as it is leading people to make a decision. I want you to listen to this. I truly believe that sales is not selling something as much as it is leading people to make a decision. And sometimes that decision is no and sometimes that decision is yes. You are assisting the customer in the buying process. I fully believe that. And uh, my example uh, that I like to share sometimes when I'm instructing somebody, I do the dance between asking questions, listening, responding, laughing, uh, asking another question, maybe answering their question, telling a story, And again, every conversation is different. I'm making this a conversation of getting closer and closer to understanding what they want, what they need, what their budget is, what they're hoping to do. And it's all through a process of asking and listening and asking and listening and telling a few stories. But eventually I get to a point to where it's time to lead and uh, when i get to this point that it's time to lead i might say something like this i might go mr smith it really sounds like you're at the place where you need to make a decision and what i'm thinking is we should go ahead and begin to put together a plan today that's going to enable you to get this done in the coming days and weeks And uh, sometimes I'll get somebody that will go, well, I'm not really sure. And I just go to the next subject of uh, that would be in the point of closing them maybe for a future date. I just don't know about today. Well, it sounds like you are at that place. When do you think is the best time for you to move forward if not today? And again, my process is I'm walking with them, helping them in that process. But many times I'll have somebody go, you know what? You're right let's go ahead and let's move forward. Sales is leading. It's leading people. You know, um, so I'm going to share some things with you on this subject about what are the keys to leading. And again, these are things that, that are, these are just some of the things that's going to be in the book that I'm going to put out next year. The keys to leading, leading involves these two things, confidence and trust, your confidence and their trust. You want them to trust you. That's why you take the time to be genuinely interested in them. You know, the greatest salespeople in the world sell detached. Well, what is detached? Detached means I am not dependent on this sale today. I am not so desperate for this sale that if I don't get it, this is going to be the end of my sales career. And some salespeople become attached to the sale. They're attached to it. And I need you to do this. Confident salespeople are detached. And the key to detachment is you focus more on the needs of the client than you do your own sales goals. When you can genuinely be interested in the client, that this is good for them, you become detached and it comes across as leading the client based upon their needs, not your need to hit a goal. So leading involves confidence and trust. Number two, leading is believing. And it's believing that this would be the best for the client, that this would be the best product, that this would be the best service. When I can get to the point that I believe that this would be the best option, we'd be the best company, this is the best thing that he should do, or she should do, I can lead them. So leading is believing. Leading is not begging and it's not pushing. It's walking with the client and taking the next natural step that you would take in the process. Again, Mr. Smith, we've gone through everything. It sounds like this is what you need to do. Let's go ahead and set it up. I am just taking the next step with the person. I'm not begging him and I'm not pushing him. I'm walking with him. Leading doesn't fear dead air. I shared earlier uh, about the, the uh, pregnant pause. <laughs> Hard word to say. That uh, that question that we would say that produces dead air, uh, somebody that's leading in sales does not fear that. Uh, also, number five, leading encourages and challenges the client at the same time. It brings encouragement to help build their confidence, but also challenges them. Do you want to take this step today? You know, if you're going to make, uh, if you're going to make this happen in 2020, today's the day you should do it and it challenges them. People want to be challenged and you know why this works? People want to be led. They want somebody to give them direction. Uh, Leading, number six, leading means leading yourself first. You've got to be leading yourself. You've got to be leading your confidence. You've got to be uh, playing your A game to yourself. If you're leading yourself, you can lead others. Number seven, leading means you know when to stop talking and sign the deal or get the credit card. I have seen this happen where somebody has somebody up to this point and the person says, you know what? You're exactly right. I want to do this. And instead of saying, well, do you want to use a credit card or check? What do we want to do? How do we want to do this? They'll go on and say, well, let me tell you some other stories. And you know, you should, you should really be glad you're doing this with us because let me tell you what else we're doing. And I've actually seen somebody talk somebody out of it. I mean, the person will say, well, you know what, I want to talk, I want to think about it a little bit longer. Know when to stop and know when to move to the close. That's leading. Leading means you know how to recover from a failure. Uh, You know, many times I've seen people have a great process and get up and something happens and it just blows up their whole sales process. Uh, I learned this a long time ago. What you're looking for in sales is you're looking for yeses. You're not looking for no's. Okay, and so sometimes you're gonna find no's, but that's okay, working through a no is required to find those yeses. Uh, I was taught an example a long time ago, my first experience in sales that I love to share, and I'll close with this. I call it the bus driver example. And the sales coach that was teaching me, trying to teach me to have confidence in sales, to lead in sales, He said, if you're driving a bus and you see somebody standing at the curb, at the bus stop, uh, would you pull up and just open the door or would you pull up and slow down and yell out of the bus, do you want to get on the bus or not? No, you see somebody standing there, you presume they want to get on the bus you open the door if you open the door and they say well i don't want to ride on this bus or they get up on the step and go where's this going and you tell them and they go i don't want to go there it's okay they can get back off but you want to open that bus door to every client with confidence and treat them as a customer that you know if they're coming to you and they're continuing to talk to you then you open the door for them to be able to acquire your product or acquire your service with confidence. Uh, Don't try to figure out, are they going to reject you? Build rapport, have those different conversations, but again, open that door. So let's go over these again. You want to make a memorable moment. You want to find that place to laugh with them, connect with them, have something that makes you stand out and that you're remembered. You want to learn how to ask questions and learn how to really engage with people. Again, selling is not telling, it's asking. And you want to really work on listening. Again, be more interested in them than trying to be interesting or charming. They'll remember that more. And lastly, you want to learn to lead and the best salespeople in the world, they create a great magical experience with people all the way through, but even in the conversation, you won't hear the whine come in their voice when they begin to ask for the sale. It's part of the conversation and they'll just start leading saying, this is what I think you should do. Let's go ahead and do this today. And they've built the rapport to be able to do that. I hope this helps you if you're in sales and it encourages you and maybe there's points in this that are really going to stick out today. Again, in the future, I'm going to uh, publish this in the form of a book. There's some other things that we wanna do in the future to share more of this. I love encouraging people in sales and how to persuade. And so I wanna encourage you again, subscribe to uh, this show at Coach Don Newman on YouTube or on iTunes. Share this broadcast with somebody that's in sales that you know can benefit, but also share with people about the show in general. And I would really, really appreciate that going into 2020. I'm believing for great things for you, great things uh, as we begin to expand this and look at other opportunities uh, to help people leave a lasting legacy and live a life worth remembering. And so uh, until 2020, when we connect again and begin to talk, I hope that and pray that the ripples you create today would become the waves of the future and together We live a life worth remembering. God bless you.